Okay. Well, hello there, stranger. I haven't seen you in a hot minute. How you been? I've been okay. How are you? Pretty good. It's not like we just talked for about 15 minutes just catching up. <laughs> it's like, seriously, we both got just on the computer like, ah! <laughs> Dude, I haven't had anybody to talk to in days. Dude, I've just been staring at the wall. You know that meme, that meme of uh, Pablo Escobar, whoever plays him, just like staring at the yep. like, empty pool and stuff. That's all I've been doing, waiting for this to come back. This has been my fault for the most part. I freaking, uh, you know, have big change that happened, so I've been working on that and busy working or anything. But you and I, off the bat, have already discussed getting back into the our new schedule, especially with the new year coming around. So yep, that should be good, right? Yeah. Let's just get right into this bad boy. Let's get right into it. Didn't see it. All right, welcome to another episode of I Didn't See It, but I Believe You. I'm Doug. I'm Joel, and this is episode 127. It sure is. And again, thank you for your patience for those waiting to hear another one from us. Or sorry if you just see a notification and accidentally pops up on your Spotify. And you're like, God damn it! I, thought, I forgot that I follow, I forgot uh, I forgot that I fucking follow these guys. I'm very proud to say that we made it to the top of Spotify wrapped for me. <laughs> I was like, I did get a couple people sent me screenshots and we were, we were number two on somebody's and I thought that was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, but, I, got, uh, I got some reach outs. I got some shout outs too. That was pretty cool. But we were number one on mine, motherfucker. Yeah. And then I couldn't share my actual Spotify rap because it was so fucking embarrassing. I think I sent you a screenshot. My top five songs were Jail by Kanye West. <laughs> Goodbye by Limp Biscuit, still sick by Limp Biscuit, and then two turnstile songs. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was, uh, I remember that number one song I listened to was uh, No Tears by Scarface. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I would never have guessed that yeah. ever. Me neither. Uh, my, I love that song. It just makes you think of, I mean, it's all stemmed from Office Space, but I still love that damn song. Dude, my uh, my fucking an old coworker of mine at Half Price, he posted his and dude, like me and him used to shoot the shit constantly. I still text this dude like almost every day, and I know exactly what he listens to and shit. So when he posted his Spotify, I was so fucking confused because his number one was Iron Maiden, and it said that he had listened to him like fifteen thousand minutes <laughs> in the year, and I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I just started jamming their discography and never stopped. <laughs> I didn't realize it went so long. Crazy, dude. Fucking, uh, I was actually thinking, dude, so where did we, we went to, you and I went to an Iron Maiden mega death and Volbeat, Volbeat show? No, fucking wrong. No? Who uh, was the opener? Was it Volbeat? It was fucking Volbeat because no, we were was, clowning hard. No, it was because Volbeat is who played at that Slipknot concert I took my nephew to and it was, they were fucking terrible. No, uh, I don't think, I think it was just Megadeth and uh, Iron Maiden. That's all it was. Okay. Okay, well, it was a fucking incredible show. One of the fucking funnest nights I had at any concert when yeah, I dude. was back in Austin. But where the fuck was that? Circuit of America's? Yeah, yeah. That That's place a is a fucking disaster. Did you hear about what happened at the fucking Rolling Stones concert? Oh, the traffic stuff? I'd like to get into that if you know anything about it. I, it's fucking hilarious. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Only like like that they even went to the show. I've only heard about it from the news. And then... It was fucking insane there was something like fifty thousand people there okay and uh it fucking people waited in line on that one lane road to get into the show for so long that most people missed 
all of the show. <laughs> we're able to get a parking spot as Rolling Stones were finishing their encore, bro. They had, they had motherfuckers out there trying to get Ubers till 5.30 in the morning, oh dude. <laughs> there was thousands of people stranded there, and there's no, there's no, apparently, there's no security anywhere outside of the actual area, right? And Why would there be, them, yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing. They didn't put them on the stage we went to. They put them behind that stage in the dirt. So they had 50,000 people cramming in this little area and then no direction to go. So they, uh, I saw a bunch of people saying a huge group of thousands of people were all following each other and then got to a fence. And nobody knew what to do. So thousands of people climbed this fence together to get out of Circuit of Americas. There was people, there was uh, a bunch of people were freaking out because this was right after the World thing. Yeah, And they had herded. They had herded thousands of people into a tunnel and everyone was freaking out in the tunnel thinking like it was all about to go down again. Dude, Nuts. no. And it's like, but I don't know. How, why? Uh, how many people were there? Half a million? Is that what you said? 50,000, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a concert with half a million motherfuckers? I was sitting at Deep Eddie Cabaret and everybody's coming in. And like, I'm just talking about Rolling Stones. I'm like, where are you going to see the Rolling Stones at? Like, they played last night. I'm like, where? <laughs> it was a big Americans. enough deal that I heard about it on the radio up here. That show was not, talked about for weeks. Dude, more power. I'll, Rolling Stones. I don't like the Stones. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to say iconic band, obviously one of the most respected bands in the world. I respect the Rolling Stones, but I could not give two shits about going fuck to see no. the Rolling Stones. I Bro, would like, why do I want to go see some geriatrics up there dancing <laughs> around? You fuck. Well, you know, but Mick Jagger, you know, he's like, apparently like all in the, in the social media verse because he's like pops up as an average Joe at dive bars and nobody even realizes it's him, you know, like take pictures of the dive bars, having a beer or whatever. And like, and nobody knows it's him. And I think that's pretty Weird. damn cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's all dude. No, look, mad respect for the, for everybody in that band. They're all fucking iconic. I just, dude, what am I going to go to the fucking stones concert for bro? For four hours of hearing songs that have been jammed my throat for I know. years. I know. I know. And then, but the thing about Mick Jagger, but I would, I was like, I, I don't want to, I would rather just accidentally run into Mick Jagger at a dive bar and be like, Hey dude, hundred percent. Thanks for, thanks for the, all the, you know, all the people you inspired and all the wonderful things you've done for, for music. I'm not, I don't, I don't own a single one of your records and I've only heard you on fucking Eagle FM, but it's like, but it's I understand. listen to it's Eagle like, FM is what I listen to. <laughs> That's why I said it. And I, but, but with that said, I do appreciate, I, Hey dude, kudos to you. And, hey, uh, give me shelter. Great. Yeah. Get, and, uh, yeah. Whatever. All these babes, all these babes running around town with that. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is that you? Or not, and I'd probably say, Mick, Mickey, Mick Jaggy. What up? What's up with that? What's up with yeah, that? Well, where, where, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> Just walk up to me. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, though, the most, the most interesting person in the band, I mean, is Keith Richards, because the, the man is a walking like example of a science experiment gone wrong. He ingested <laughs> enough drugs to kill full countries and yet he's older than most people in the world i'm assuming i mean i heard a rumor years ago that he get a, gets a blood transfusion like every fucking month or something i'm like pulling that. it up bro I something like that has to be dude bro I he literally 
when they were saying back in the day that he was going to play, uh, or maybe he did, did he end up ever playing uh, Captain Jack Sparrow's dad yes. in those Pirates movies? Yes. Bro, when they were saying that, I, I was like, yo, that's the best casting I've ever heard. The motherfucker looks like he was alive back then. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine him getting on stage and they're like, hey, we're the Rolling Stones. And then freaking Mick Jagger's, uh, what's his name? Keith Richards just hit, gets his first, like, Meer. hits that first note and just, into dust. dust. <laughs> or he's up there with an IV and a blood bag. Uh, this says, so here's something crazy. How long are those freaking wheelchair ramps to get those old fuckers up there? Right? Uh, so the blood transfusion thing isn't quite what you remembered it as. So there is a very rampant blood transfusion rumor, but the actual rumor is it started in 73. So it has nothing to do with his age. The rumor was that he did so many drugs that he checked himself into a clinic in Switzerland and had all of his blood replaced by clean blood. God damn. That makes me want to pass out. <laughs> it says, and you know, that says 73. He decided, I got to get clean blood, bro. So he knew then he <laughs> had a problem. But then you, click, then you click, then you click, how long has Keith Richards been sober? And it's two years. <laughs> so he spent the next... 40 fucking years, 50 years after that, going just this hard, ruining the new blood. <laughs> he's probably, he probably felt terrible. Got the, got, he's like, I, I need new blood. I need new blood. And then the he blood goes, like syrup. and then he gets, he gets all this new blood. They're like, dude, this is going to be fucking dangerous. You might not make it. So I just, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And they're like, fucking prick his fingers. One good old blood out, new blood in, and then it gets that new blood. Next day he wakes up, he's like, I feel fucking great. So you get a fucking drink. Just get some blow. <laughs> I haven't felt like partying this hard in years. Yeah, dude. There's got, I mean, Coke. Okay, so how old is this motherfucker? Uh, it says, Place your bets. One of the 76. The top, I'm going to say 82. The top question is, does Keith Richards sleep? <laughs> Keith Richards age 77 you got it oh yeah um, so he's not as old as I thought but he's still rocking and rolling pretty fucking hard for a, for a that's a geriatric bro I mean he's getting he's getting the, the hey. AA discounts he's getting the fucking golden corral discounts I don't know why we're talking I don't know why we're talking so much shit about old people considering that we as well will be old people and we don't have the money to be the 80s the new 60 kind of old people either <laughs> maybe I mean um, one day um, at, at, uh, the, speaking of not having the money when I'm that old, imagine we talk to our parents the way we're talking about Keith Richards and Mick Jack right now. Hey, my <laughs> parents ain't no 77 years old, bro. <laughs> you old fuckers. They're not, they're see, not young. Go to see him for Christmas. Hey, what's up, you old fucks? Uh, you want to know something insane? Yeah, you need to Keith put a stool Richards. in that fucking bathtub, mom. Keith Richards. <laughs> need a handle on that toilet to pick yourself up. Keith Richards is younger than Mick Jagger. How old is Mick Jagger? 85? <laughs> Shit, 78. I aped his fucking dancing style so hard in Rochester, and nobody ever was like, hey, Mick Jagger. Everybody's just like, why he dance like that? <laughs> like, Bro, I'm doing the rooster, baby. This is Mick Jagger all the way. Come on, y'all don't know. Y'all ain't seen Gimme Shelter? Hell's Angels, staff, three people. Bro, you used to fucking dance your ass off. 
better believe it, bro. The best performance always did. I was always just going fucking nuts. You would go nuts. You were like a violent rampage every show, which is like a an amazing fucking uh, mood to set for a show. And then I was like the how fucking borderline fabulous can I make this? <laughs> I was like a fucking just a fucking terror. I was, you knew when your shirt came off that the show was going in a direction. <laughs> it was always so fun. Yeah, dude. dude yeah, DCD shows were nuts. Wink and the Gun shows were fucking nuts. Why do you keep on saying DCD? I keep on forgetting about that. <laughs> that that shit was the shit. What yeah. was that one, that one song I fucking love that y'all had? <laughs> Did you get the thing I sent you the other day? Yeah, I got it. The Bernadette-ner? I was crying, bro. <laughs> Whoever saw that name and thought to make that meme is a fucking legend, dude. What the fuck? For those who haven't seen it, there's a meme going around with it. It's a screenshot of some old woman's Facebook profile, and her name is Bernadette Nair. And it says, hey, what's the name or what's that CKY song you used to listen to a lot? Bernadette Nair. <laughs> Woo! That's funny. That's good shit, man. Oh, man. That one is fucking smart. That shit had me laughing Dude. so hard. Oh, my God. <sighs> Have you watched? Um, but new- yeah, so so look, that's what I gotta say. It's because it's funny. It's so dystopian. Um, so uh, you were you were saying we're likely not gonna have that kind of money when we're that age, and you're likely very right. I believe they're probably like hundred millionaires. I mean, you won't. I mean, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> uh, at my new job, they flat out told us uh, day before yesterday, "Hey guys, I just want to be very clear. In two years, your jobs aren't gonna exist." We have all the equipment here to run everything without you. So keep that in mind and try to learn a new trade. God damn. That's dystopian as fuck. Yeah. Shit. Well, with that said. <laughs> I uh, laughed. I thought it was fucking hysterical. I'm not funny. planning on being there no two fucking years. I mean, what do you fucking think? I mean, like, what what does anybody fucking think when, it's, when they get a fucking job? Anyways. Yeah, no, well, well, that's the thing. We want everything right now, and then we go, well, how come How come humans can't do that? Me, 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 more, 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 now, now, now. Give me, oh, uh, the Berenstein Bears and the Gimme Gimmies. <laughs> do you remember that? The Berenstein Bears? Berenstein yeah. Bears thing? Berenstein, that, well, they had a book where the cover was uh, – them like shoveling candy in their fucking yeah 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 and it was called Berenstein Bears me first in the gimme gimmies and that band uh took that name and made it their cover band the only cover band that ever got signed to a label that I know of hey oh shit you know what I thought about just now what you know what I started you know what we started watching what Yellowstone yeah fuck yeah how far are you uh, we're at, towards the end of season two. How many seasons are there? Hell, there are three or four? four right now. Oh there's my God. Right we're fucking we're four. losing it, dude. So yeah, I don't know if y'all uh, throw back to whatever episode that was, but Joel brought up Yellowstone. Didn't go into a detail. It was the last episode. Excuse me, but it's just been a while. But, um, anyways, I'm not going to spoil it for you either, but if you're not watching it, I, I've never, Joel, you're absolutely right. I've never seen a show where I'm like. You have to watch this show, but yeah. this is, uh, you have to watch this fucking yeah. show. How do they Dude. figure this out? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and it's even, pre- I think the reason that I like it so much, it's almost, it's borderline predictable. So like, you're yeah. like saying like, oh, well, they're going to do this. And they're like, 
I'm doing this. Like, yes. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's All not right. like the plot twists are there, but they're like, they're like, you know, they're kind of obvious. It's the kind of obvious, and you, it, but it's what you would do if you're in that situation. Yeah, it's what you want. It's yeah, what you want. It's what you want. So every time. So instead, yeah. like Game of Thrones, you're like, no, and like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yes, I'm getting what I fucking want, and this is what needs to be done for fucking the colonizers to keep fucking shit up. Wait. Yeah. Well, so like, uh, and this is no no spoiler or anything at all, but uh, they will take that comfort from you in season three. And it, it makes the it makes it such an interesting feeling because suddenly I went from be, from going, uh, man, I can't wait to see what happens to oh my god, I hope I'm wrong about this. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. like and the way that the that the way the neck this current season is going is a lot more pulled back and chill. And I think they're trying to lull us into a false sense of like security again. But man, it's such a good show. I don't know if you realize this because I didn't, and I was actually shocked to find this out. So I talk, when we when when I talked about it last time, I told you it's Taylor Sheridan, and he uh, wrote and directed Hell or High Water and wrote Sicario, and I'd kind of left it at that because in my mind that's what his career has been. I thought, oh, he wrote Sicario and that's how he got famous, bro. I'm a fucking moron. He starred on Sons of Anarchy. Who? Okay, Taylor Sheridan, the creator of Yellowstone. So I'm gonna blow your mind right now. He okay. starred. He starred on Sons of Anarchy. He's one of the sons. Okay. I can't remember his fucking name on there. And then he used that to write some episodes for Sons of Anarchy and parlayed that into getting some writing gigs. And that's how he got Sicario. But okay. get this. On Yellowstone, you know the ranch? I think this is probably where you're at around now. You know the ranch that Kevin Costner works with? That's the extremely wealthy rodeo dude who does the really nuts stuff with the horses, like run them and make them stop really fast. Yeah, yeah. And spin in circles. That's Taylor Sheridan. That fucking main rodeo dude with the hat that acts like a Quero dad. That's Taylor Sheridan. He wrote that damn show. He wrote and created that show and wrote Sicario and wrote and directed Hell or High Water. And he seems like someone who went to Quero High School in that show. It's bonkers to that me. That guy is? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Damn, I would have never in a million years guessed that. And the fucking Rip, the character Rip in Yellowstone. Love you, Rip. You know who that is? No. He's the fucking redhead with the badass truck in Days and Confused. What? Yes. What? Yeah, dude. I was like, that dude looks so familiar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he was in Days and Confused. I'm like, and then sure as fuck, it is. Oh my fucking god, yes. dude! Isn't that fucking wild? What? What's his name? Cole Hauser. Holy shit! I knew that. I know that name. What else is this? Fucking and he guy looks like name? somebody we fucking grew up with. He looks. He. he so if those who haven't grew that didn't grow up in cattle country America, like Joel and I, granted this does take place in Montana, but where we grew up, these characters. That's how I mean. I don't know about the murder in in the fucking. Well, uh, sure, but the uh, characters besides. But the that. characters, like the way they act, the way they talk, and the way they're 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 they're, they're like really quick wit, and they're like they're they're redneckisms and stuff like that. That's all spot it's on. Pitch perfect. It's it pitch it perfect. really is. It's like, dude, I feel like if you took the mount mountains out of it, put some rolling hills, and yeah. like put it in South Texas, and it's like took place out Texas, it would be spot on. The wardrobe and everything. I know he probably wouldn't fucking do it since he's doing Yellowstone and he already has that new Jeremy Renner show about the mob or whatever. But uh, 
It would be so sick though to get a Texas version of this. King Ranch. It'd be based well, off that, King so Ranch. That's the Taylor. Yeah, he talks about King Ranch in the show too. That Taylor Sheridan character is supposed to be like King Ranch. He's a North that's Texan. That's supposed to be. They call and they. You know, what I love about when they talk about him, they talk about him as a North Texan. They don't call mm -hmm. him a Texan. And that's a very that's Texan, crazy too. That's they a very, nail a lot of that. Shit. Yeah, yeah. That's a very cowboy texan way of talking yep. it's like you're north texan you're south texan there's well, really it's even not from even the valley cowboys. we talk like yeah that. no Remember that's how much saying. shit we talked when i was moving up here yeah yeah bro so, just basically becoming a traitor to my fucking people <laughs> dude yeah it's pretty wild man it, 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 yeah and it's just um it's a trip a man and i are watching it and i'm like do you freaking do livestock she's like yeah and like we're just like talking about I'm like yeah it's so crazy so did i and they're like just like it's like these are just like the things we grew up with you know and it's just yep like, again, it's I get i never seen anybody fucking get murked but yeah. sure but i mean that's the thing though maybe it happened bro there was a lot of inside baseball that went on with the with the stuff like that in cuero and in places around not murder but i'm saying bro there's been no, murders in cuero uh, no, that no. have that have gone unsolved and shit oh yeah most certainly but uh, I, I, I i guarantee some somebody killed somebody for ranch money in cuero at some point i can only imagine and, so and but that's not what i'm that's not what i'm making that face no at. i get what you, i get what you're saying no i know you don't though. get what i'm saying because you don't know what i'm about to say this is the second time you said not one off air and one on air Oh my God! Looks like freaking! Oh my God! I'm watching. I gotta send you the scene. I'm watching the 84 Dune on the screen right uh -huh. now, and the Gamja Bar scene, and it really looks like Paul Atreides is finger blasting the uh, Reverend Mother. Pretty, yeah, which, it's pretty it's weird. weird. Without it's a weird audio, fucking movie, bro. We watched it last month, and uh, I was uh, kind of bummed that I spent forty bucks on it. <laughs> on what? I bought this badass Dune 4K box set of the old movie, and I've watched it, and I was like, I've seen it, but I kind of felt like I was going to like it more as an adult, and we put it on, and I was not feeling it. Watch the scene of Paul Atreides putting his hand in the box with no sound. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, that's anyways, my but favorite scene from that's all I remember from it. As a it's probably the most iconic so. scene of Dune so far. I'm almost done with the first book, so I mean, it's like that, that's still my favorite. You're reading scene. a book? Listening. Okay. Either way, that's fucking really good, Doug. It's a great book. It's. I. Are you? Can is I? It a, e, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. We'll get back into it. But you fucking said off air and on air inside baseball. That's yeah. new. You've never said that before in your life until no, today. No, dude, I've said that forever. You've never said that it forever. Means, you know yeah, what it okay, means, right? maybe you have. You what it, it means, what right? does it mean? Tell us what it means. It just means the inside workings of something like of a business or of a company like that or the or of a situation. It's the stuff that only the people who are playing it would know. Right. <laughs> so the inside baseball of it is that this is happening why instead is, of what the. Why don't you just call it baseball? <laughs> because it's the stuff that the people on the outside won't see. Like the fans. So like, right. Exactly. Like, they're so like playing the baseball. Shit, they're not a part of that. The like, inside yeah. baseball. Like, it's baseball. It's just baseball, baby. It's just it's baseball. Just baseball. Like, well, okay. Well, like, are you on the field? Are you playing? Are you in the dugout? Are you in the freaking offices? No. It's like, because you're just a fan. You're in the yeah, bleachers. Dude, outside baseball. That's outside baseball. Yeah. So, no, but so you just, so you just say, it's, it's, we're playing baseball. You're watching baseball. baseball. Anyways. So, no, uh, back to what the, oh, th what? Dude. Yeah, oh, the book. So, I freaking, for those who don't spoiler alert, I just I pretty much just got introduced to Chani and the Fremen are a part of this the story now. And it's like really deep into the into the mountains and they're like looking at these water reserves and stuff. <coughs> and I just got introduced to one of the main characters and it's 13 hours into listening. 13 yeah. hours. Like the character building and the world building is absolutely crazy. And and do sometimes I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is written in 1963. 
How? You know, it's yeah, so it's, bizarre. It's, it's, well, and that's we we talked about it before when we were talking about Dune, maybe a few episodes ago. But like, it's it's easy to like look at Dune and see it as a lot of cliches. And I think probably a lot of people watched that new one and were like, "Wow, that was a fucking beautiful looking movie." But it's like you know, I've seen this story a million times or what have you. And uh, yeah, that's fair. But that they create he created that. He is the reason those cliches exist. That book is the blueprint. And he did a really good so, job. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And he did a really good job. Uh, me just outside looking in, reading for the first time, being a new fan. I'm like, dude, there's so many things in there. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, this has been here. This has been around this long. And it's fucking crazy because usually you just like, you know, like Star Wars and stuff. It's cr like Star Wars. You could watch. Star you don't even have to watch Star Wars, but you know it because you've yeah. been around. Dune has been around longer than Star Wars. And mm. it's I've never heard of anything anything yeah. it's never been spoiled just because nobody nobody can spoil dune it's like almost unapproachable for general audiences yeah so they it's like, like they enjoy it we enjoy it but if you asked one of us to sit down and do like a uh a uh if somebody's if look if somebody said to to you hey, have you ever seen star have you ever asked somebody have you ever seen star wars and like no i'm like you know anything about star wars and be like, i know luke skywalker's dad is darth vader i've never mm -hmm. seen it but i know that exactly you go to dune you're not, nobody's, you're, they're going to be like, you like, you ever seen dude? Like, no, what's that? You know what I mean? It's just exactly. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if anything, they'll know a worm and they won't know anything beyond that. And they likely won't even know about the worm. It, it's interesting, but I wonder if that'll last now. That movie did very well for the way they released it. And people are pretty hyped for the second one. If the second one like gives people what they want, which I think is like at least one big battle. I think if they give them at least one big battle in the movie, people will be happy. The book has a couple they can use. If but the thing is, one thing that I like you if you really love it after it's over. Take a deep fucking breath and dive into Dune Messiah because it's fucking bonkers. Dude. I'm trying it to get <clears throat> my bonkers. goal. My goal is to get all the way to uh, the God Emperor. Yeah, they get real weird as you go, bro. But like, so my dad tapped out at God Emperor. He was like, dude, it's just so weird now. And I'm having a hard time following it. But he loves Dune Messiah. It is bonkers, he's, dude. And if they if they ever try to make a movie out of that one, that will be something that'll really be tough to get general audiences to watch. It's yeah. on another, another level. Of oh, movie. yeah. Your dad's probably like, so Jesus is turning into a worm? <laughs> nah, he fucking digs the shit out of like things that take religion and use them like as a backdrop, like Matrix. He loves Matrix for that. Well, shit. because there's this whole white savior thing that I really that that people that have not seen or read it have been using about Paul Atreides' character. But it really, if you really read it and get into the character, or really do some deep. It's really an exp an expose about how badly it is to put all your faith into like into like one person and what's going to happen, yeah. you know, and it's one good. bloodline dude. And yeah. the, and he's his obsession with the Fremen Caroline's review for the movie on letterbox just says, damn Paul, number one Fremen fanboy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, bro, he really do be cheesing for the Fremen through the whole fucking movie. Like, yeah, yeah. this is a dude with a singular vision and a singular fucking drive. And it's all based on selfishness. He has, he thinks he wants to save uh house atreides but in reality he just wants to figure out what his vision is yeah, yeah. he's a very singular spoiled character oh yeah with no, the sure. weight of the whole fucking universe on his shoulders and he doesn't care he shows no fear and that's ridiculous he should be afraid it's crazy yeah it's crazy what else is new <laughs> uh dude that that guy from yellowstone i'm just looking at his imdb because i was like which one should i the rip Okay, say Bro, his name one more time. I'm so sorry. Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser. Okay. Yeah, so I looked that up because I was like, damn, that name is mad familiar. And when I saw his face in that fucking thing, 
it started to really ring a bell. Dude, he looks totally different without the beard and with a little less weight and being older than he was in Days and Confused. You would definitely recognize him in everything I'm about to list. Too Fast, Too Furious, Goodwill Hunting, Pitch Black, The Breakup, School Ties, Olympus Has Fallen, A Good Day to Die Hard, Paparazzi, Acts of Violence, Heart Swore, Riddick. Uh, Riddick? Damn. Dude, he's in all the Riddicks. Pitch Black, Riddick, fucking Chronicles of Riddick. He, dude, he's in so many fucking movies, and I never would have known that was him until you said that. That's wild. Dude, he yeah. He's different in this. <clears throat> well, he dyed his hair. He's not red. Yeah, and it's the beard, too. Yeah. Like, that fucking black beard just makes him a different character. Bro, what do you think about His voice Beth? gave it away. Huh? What do you think about Beth I as a character? <laughs> I fucking Truthfully. love her, dude. God yeah. damn it. She's fucking funny and brutal. And then, then she's a fucking bad mother effer, dude. She, she don't mess she's around. She's cruel. She's cruel, bro. I, I, it's one of those characters where I'm like, nice. It's one of those characters where I'm like, fuck you. But then I'm like, damn, this is a really savagely written character. Like, she says some shit. Oh, yeah. And she goes in on some fucking characters. And I'm like, why are you doing that to them? <laughs> like, why are bro, you talking about You, know, you like already that? know. She, in particular, goes in on one fucking character all the time. Yeah, it yo. is mean, bro. And it's always crazy. Like, uh, And it's like something like, it's like a crazy manipulation or whatever. And it, this is a trope that happens in all kinds of movies where they're like... Um, it, good example. This happens in all kinds of movies and even in Super Troopers where they're like, you're part of our team, but we're fucking brutally mean to you to yeah, the point where yeah, you betray yeah. us. Then we're like, how could you do that to us? Like they do to Farva. Does Farva betray them? Yeah. How? I don't even remember. Where he's like, uh, when they're like delicing him, even when they fucking arrest him, he's like powdered sugar. Like and they keep on talking. He's like, "It's delicious." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he joins the cops. Hmm. He joins the city yeah. cops, whatever. Yeah. But they're like, in the city cops. like, how could you betray us, dude? It's like y'all literally were horrible to him. Yeah. And he all, you know, let Rabbit skip the line. Yeah, Farber's a little bit of a dick, but you're all dicks. You know. Yep. It's like and it's just loud. And there's like, you know, there's like, uh, in other, in like, in other films, like where the. I'm sure somebody has one in mind right now. If you do chime in, but like, you know, like there, there's that one guy in the group that everybody's mean to, to the point where he leaves and he betrays him. Like, how do you do that to us? Cause you're fucking horrible to me. And I fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So fuck you. You know what I mean? And then they feel bad and they're like, well, I shouldn't have betrayed you. You know what I mean? It's like, no. And somehow them. they're the ones at fault. And you know what? Not to be too deep on it, uh, but that I'm, may be a big reason why we have a culture where boys are cruel to each other constantly as friends and roast each other to the point of like being like actual bullies to each other, like best friends yeah, and yeah. shit. Because in movies, not only is that normal, it's totally acceptable. And the person who actually gets offended by it is in the wrong and has to come around and be like, sorry, bros, I know it was just ball busting. Like that's yeah, yeah. shit, bro. Yeah, some the person shit. that's getting his fucking shit reamed. The first yeah, person that's getting to fucked come around up. and be like, sorry, just yeah. to have friends. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, fuck you, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, but, that's weird. No, don't change the movies or anything. Keep them the way they're going. I mean, but I'm just saying, no, I no, understand. No, but that, that is weird, though. How could you do that to us? It's like, <laughs> fuck you. What do you mean, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. 
that happens a lot in romance movies too, where some one of the characters will do something needlessly cruel to their to their fucking uh, significant other, and then by the end of the movie, somehow the person that they did that to is coming around to be like, "My bad, bro. If I had just been more understanding before you did that, that would have never happened." Yeah, so that's the, just gaslighting. Yeah, what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah, dude. It's like so. The moral story is like submit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fucking weird, bro. I got peace so bad. Brb. Yeah. So, uh, man, it's so crazy. I can't think of a damn movie that has that trope, but I'm sure everybody can underst understand where I'm coming from. That whole, like, Judas uh, trope, you know, like betraying your savior? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. God damn. If anybody has any uh, any ideas of what I'm referring to, please leave in the comments below or reach out to us in DMs on Instagram. And I didn't see, but... And you can always listen to us on Apple, which is working. So don't worry about that. If you're subscribed on Apple, you're getting this or you're getting our notifications. Don't know if you're listening, but we do. Spotify. Google, I think we're still on. And Stitcher. I actually did a big move. I took all of our, I, uh, we switched uh, ports. We got some things happening. So just, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Things acting weird. Miss wonder where we've been and also i got some stuff going on in my personal life that you know that i'm really excited about got uh got some new roomies if you will and uh so just been busy joel joel started a new job so yeah so but anyways we got a lot of episodes coming up we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about of course when we get back into our new episodes like or when we go to those episodes we take like those week breaks we have episodes like this where it's just you're listening to us catch up so sorry mm -hmm. for the ramblings and the, but they actually these episodes usually end up having the most fluid conversation because we're genuinely talking and we haven't been talking every single day and then digging for something to bring up during yeah. the show. I do think I wrote some shit down as a note like a couple weeks ago. I'm just burning through cup of weeks. That's yeah, a cup of weeks. Dude, oh, uh, this is dumb, but I just want to encourage everyone to join me in this. Uh, Many, many, many episodes ago, probably February-ish, um, we discussed Vin Diesel dropping the hottest song of the year, <laughs> that fucking dance song where he sings or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I signed up for notifications for Vin Diesel's Instagram, and now anytime he posts something, I try to get there within a minute and post the full lyrics. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage everybody to do that as well. What do it? I, mean, I don't know what you do. hold on. I mean, I'm gonna keep doing it. The cold where you guys live, let us know in the comments. It's been kind of a weird winter here. I just did a fucking comment shout out to <laughs> leave it in the comments. <laughs> Damn, dude. I'm trying okay, so I like, keep on dude, keep going. There's something I am looking up. You're gonna fucking love this. Okay. Um, yeah, just interrupt me when you find it. Uh I just also want to read this right now that I found on Google. I typed Vin Diesel just because I'll always be typing dad's name. I like to see him. Uh, and he said, the top question, what is Vin Diesel ethnicity? Not even what is Vin Diesel's ethnicity. What is Vin Diesel ethnicity? And the answer is, Diesel has stated that he is of ambiguous ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> ambiguous. I love that. Dude. That's what they used to say about Pete Davidson. They said, you ambiguous looking motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, there's this fucking, there's a fucking, okay, so I'm going to try it one more time. Okay. Um, 
I'm looking for a famous studio bass player. I've been watching a lot of his videos. I just cannot remember his fucking name. The moment I see it, I'll absolutely know. Famous studio bass player. Who's the most famous bass player? Nope. God Dino damn it. Paladino? No, keep going. It's a it's Justin, a it's a Justin Meldell Johnson? Nope. James Jameson? No, getting closer. Carol K? Nope. Getting closer. That's it. They only gave me four. Man. Oh, this one's got this one's got five. Hold on. Uh, Joe Osborne? Nope. Donald Duck Dunn? No, but you know Donald Duck Dun Dunn was though, right? Nope, but I'm looking. Now. I found, I found his Young, name. Rod Stewart. I, I found his name already. So, uh, but no, but Donald okay. Duck Dunn was the uh, bass player for uh, not only the Saturday Night Live band, but in the the Saturday Night Live band is who's playing in uh, Blues Brothers. Oh and shit! Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, and that's um, Donald Duck Dunn playing in that band. Yep, that's listed as one of his bands. Yep. He also was with Jimmy Buffett, Ray Charles, Eric Clapton, Dylan Frampton, Jerry Lewis, Stevie Nicks, Jerry Lee Lewis. To All be right. Clear. So anybody that's yeah. in a musician, and it's so crazy because you and I—I I mean, me—I—I nerd out about like musicians a little bit harder than you do. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think so. I know so. I mean, I'm not going to yeah, know who's I the fucking know. lead singer of fucking Dance Gavin Dance, but at the same time, I don't know him either. <laughs> I know who the lead singer of Immerosa is, though. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> so the dude I'm talking about, y'all are like I said, but this dude's name's Leland Sklar. And then like the studio musician world, like the like proper musician world, he is uh, an absolute icon. He has been record. He has, oh, he looks awesome. Yeah, he's fucking incredible. He's been on thousands of thousands of studio albums. Holy shit! You're thousands. not lying. And the guitar, and he, and he's almost used the guitar for every, the same guitar for every single studio recording. And it's like a custom one that he built years ago. And it, and he's like, a, you know, Willie Nelson gets his guitar signed by everybody. You know, it's kind of one of those situations. And so this bass is probably the most um, prestigious bass on the planet. And this like really sweet guy, unassuming. You would never know that he's like one of the best bass players in the world. And when you watch him work a bass, dude, it's like, holy male, holy, holy male, holy male, holy male, send it to me. No, it's like, you know, it's like really, it's really, uh, help me. It's really intriguing. Yeah, no, that's fast. Dude, I just got, I want to encourage anyone who's listening right now to while we're talking, pull up this motherfucker's Wikipedia, bro, and just hit the section of the albums he's on. I've been scrolling almost the whole time he's been talking. He is Dude, on all these albums, thousands. Everything from fucking Air Supply to, you know, the, the, Air Supply is on here. Or, or even like he did the ALF, he did the fucking ALF TV theme. You know? He did the fucking soundtrack to Coyote Ugly. Yeah. Bro, it, I could go on with you all day on this. Dude, so like this dude, and he's really sweet. He's really unassuming. And he's like, and, he, and his YouTube, his personal YouTube's quite low. But at the same time, it's like, he's so respected. And like, when you watch him, he did a lot. Of, he did all of Phil Collins' studio albums. And he just fucking just waxes that ass on that fucking bass, dude. It's really cool. Uh, dude, like, yeah, just Merle Haggard, freaking... Uh, Arlo Guthrie, fuck. And he did uh, Rod Stewart. Did you say that already? Rick Springfield. Carly Simon. Carly? Uh, Leo Sayer. I love, that you, I love that you bringing that up because for the first time in a while yesterday, I actually did go down a rabbit hole of a musician and I sent you a text about it. Did you know who, do you know who that is? Yes, of course I do. Okay, okay. Well, because a lot of people yesterday, did. my mom didn't know who that was. Really? Uh, so, yeah, and I sent her... 
his most famous song. And she was like, I don't think I've heard this before, which is mind boggling to me. So yesterday I was just feeling like jamming some fucking kind of romantic, moody music. I was, you know, whatever. And so I put on, Keep I was feeling romantic. I was feeling moody. I put on Keep Being Your Heart for a While by Warren Zavon. And Jesus Christ, I am so into that song right now. But I let his shit play for like two and a half hours, dude. And so many songs that he sings that I never knew. Did I know this guy's name till yesterday? You know what I mean? Werewolves like, of London? I heard it, but I didn't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. There were so many songs that came up that I was like, I know this. And I'd look at it and it was still him. Be like, what the fuck? It's crazy. I went to a man at China's menu in his hand. Oh, and, I dude, like, dude, have a little faith in me is a fucking dope ass song. Bro, yes. Keep me in your heart for a while is a dope ass song. You know, keep you know the story uh, behind Keep Me in Your Heart for a while though, right? Nope. That's the last song that he recorded. Cause you know he died. Nope. He, like there's like really a tremendous amount of documentation of the end of his last, you know, year on this earth. You know he's really? dead, right? Yeah, he died of mesothelioma, yeah. which is crazy to me. Uh but the the reason I was thinking to bring it up right now is because you mentioned that uh that uh Oh god damn it! The dude we were just talking about. Did you say his name? Yeah, Warren Zavon. Okay, dude, I, I'm like, I'm like, we're talking about name? Warren Zavon. Who are we talking about? Leland Sklar. Leland Sklar. All right. So when you said he played, did you say he played for one of the night shows? The night shows? Like a TV show? Like was he one of the house bands for one of the? No, shows that, was, uh, that was that uh, was Duck Dunn. Okay, for sure. Well, Warren Zavon used to fill in when Paul couldn't be on the Tonight Show. He was I, on Tonight I, Show like 80 times. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's crazy. And so I went down a rabbit hole last night watching fucking a bunch of shit after he died. But like, yeah, he's sort of low key, man. Like he created a lot of music people know, but nobody really knows his name. Dude, he's like, he, oh shit. And like, dude, a lot of these iconic uh, freaking um, albums, this Leland, just, just what we're talking about. He's on all these yeah, things. Yeah. But also there's a great documentary if anybody's ever seen it called The Wrecking Crew. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. The Wrecking Crew, like everything from like, all these like real in the sixties, almost every pop album that came out in the sixties all came out of the same studio, including like beach boys and some other ones, excuse me for drawing a blank, but they, they, this is still a thing. It's not as prevalent today, but it used to be, you were a hired gun. They would hire you to be in the studio and then you would do the recording and that's it. And you got paid that flat rate. You didn't get royalties or anything. Right, and they would right. hire touring musicians to go do it. But this studio would would have this one band. They call them the Wrecking Crew. They call them the Wrecking Crew because they would bring him in for everything. The Wrecking Crew did a tremendous amount of albums as well. So that's something else I, I highly suggest uh, checking out too. And um, that's is that on Netflix or anything? I feel like it should I've be. Seen, it should be. I feel like I've seen the cover for that. Yeah, it's called The Wrecking Crew. It's a great documentary. It really just puts a lot of perspective on the life of a of a of a musician. Because everybody thinks that being a musician means you're being you're a rock star. It's like no, these are freaking right, people that are putting right. these are people that are putting bread on the table for their families, you know. And so like, and they're just like really talented musicians. And you know, like even we have a friend who does that to a lesser degree. I mean, I won't say you know what friend I'm talking about. He lives in Austin. He plays music constantly still. Yeah. His thing has always been, and the way he continues to be able to make money playing music is he goes in and does shit on people's records. Yeah, studio work for sure. I mean, if you understand, if you understand your keys and like your progressions and stuff, you can get pretty serious job as a musician. Uh, bass players, if you know how to truly play the bass, you don't have to be like fucking. Yeah, yeah you don't have to be, like, be Getty Lee on that motherfucker. But you, if you know your bass, that's probably the most. That and the drummer are the two big, the two best gigs to get in um and to make money our consistent money in that realm 
because you're not going to, you know, again, if you take the rock star element out of it, dude, but, um, well, hold on real quick. Uh, cause when you asked if I'd seen wrecking crew and you started talking about, it, I was like, man, I, I haven't seen that, but I know I've seen something like that. So I looked it up. The one I've seen is called hired gun and okay. it's a little newer than that one. And it's about touring musicians not studio so it's about the dudes who kiss and metallica and billy joel i think yeah well i mean that's what they're called though they're called rec i mean they're called hired guns you know that's not like yeah yeah so um that made me think of something else but i cannot freaking remember whatever it'll come back to me it's probably a lie anyways so the wrecking crew give you ideas of the albums they've done there's like again there's all kinds of guys that keeps on change i mean their lineup keeps on changing but they did um shit these are all old ass albums they did I'm looking at this list. It's hundreds of albums that they've been on. Captain Tennille, of course. Cher. Hell yeah, dude. No, uh, hold on. Every time, every single time, I will never think of Captain and Tennille the same after this. I want everyone, including you, Doug. Frank Sinatra. I want y'all. Beach Boys. To, Birds. I'm going to. the Papas. I'm, <laughs> sorry. I'm going to tell you guys an album cover to pull up right now, and then I'm going to tell you something about it, and you're never, ever, ever going to be able to unsee it. Okay? Mm-hmm. I got to find what the name of the album is. Hold on. Captain and Tennille is a fucking trip to me because of this. Okay. So <laughs> when I worked at, at Half Price Books, one of my main gigs was buy counter. So people would bring shit in. <coughs> I would make an offer on it. So I saw <coughs> so many of the same vinyls over and over and over because, you know, an 80-year-old woman with a tote of vinyls is going to have the same shit as the, the woman who came in before, just period, you know? <laughs> um, so, like, it was very much a brainless thing when you would get, like, a geriatric bringing in vinyls. You know, if it wasn't someone our age, Dude, we didn't really fucking We're going to get, get so much, much out of backlash on this episode when it comes to old people. It's fine, bro. That's ageism, and it's all good. I, I love old people. I'm about to be old. I'm halfway to the age that, that old is, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, but, no, for so, sure. We're on our way. So one weird thing is that like you get really uh, sort of just like jaded to seeing all these ridiculous covers from the 70s. There are so many bonkers album covers from the 1970s. They're just not normal. There's a Barbra Streisand album cover that's just a, a stick of butter with a fly on it. Things were so weird at this one period of time when these records have bonkers covers. So the funniest shit to me was always the ones that had like classy pictures on the front. Like. <laughs> like a couple or something and captain and Tennille was brought up constantly to me like let me know when you find a captain to me i gotta tell you this i gotta i gotta show you this you'll never be able to unsee it i'm like fine so you can take love will keep us a love will keep us together uh song of joy or uh the one that's self-titled just captain and Tennille. E any of those three records he's dead he's not alive it's like weekend at bernie's it's a lifeless figure being like propped up with his wife. It's it's the most bizarre shit, dude. He means? doesn't dead. He doesn't look alive. I think it's a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> I think he died, and they just kept propping him up on these album covers, dude. We would tell everybody this when they would bring him in, and people would be like, "Holy shit, you're right. He looks fucking dead." When you really start to notice it, it's scary. Look up Captain and Tennille self-titled. It's a green. It says Captain and Tennille in green, and she's like got her arm around him. That's the only one where he's got sunglasses off, and he still looks dead. It looks fine to me. No, it's a weekend at Bernie situation, bro. I fucking know it is. She's pulling strength somehow to get this dude to move. 
He's dead. <laughs> he looks alive to me. I he mean, there's one sunglasses. album cover where he's playing the guitar, and I'll give him that one. But the one where he's holding the dog, he's definitely dead. Or is the dog dead? No, the dogs are alive. Dogs are alive. He's <laughs> That's how they give it that life. That's how they convinced you for years that he wasn't dead. The dogs were alive. <laughs> have you seen a Captain him to Neil? Have you seen Apocalypse Now? Of course. Okay. Well, uh, yesterday, my my new I started a new job. Like I said, one, my new manager came up to me, and you're like, we haven't really interacted much at all. But I kept seeing him smiling when he was looking at me, and I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing? You know. Um, cause that just hadn't really happened yet where anybody was looking at me and I was like, am I fucking up, you know, or am I doing really good? Like what's happening right now? And finally he catches me catching him. Okay. And he comes over to me. He's probably like early forties. I think uh-huh. he comes over to me and he goes, Hey man, I just got to tell you something. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. And he goes, uh, you ever seen apocalypse now? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, man, uh, you look just like chef. And at the moment, I was just like, all right, hell yeah, dude, thanks. But then I looked it up when I got home, and he's fucking right. And I, I'm never going to be able to unsee myself being him now. There's like <laughs> one or two shots on Google that are 100% me. I think I might have been in that movie. <laughs> you don't look anything like your chef, dude. You don't I think maybe like I was him. just sweating pretty hard yesterday and he thought I was looking a little grimy or something. I don't know. I took it as a compliment. <laughs> While we're on the movie thing, though, I've seen four movies since the last fucking time we did one of these. And so I'm just going to not review them, but give a quick rundown of things to watch and things not to watch. Okay. Okay. Things not to watch. Last Night in Soho. It's the new movie from Edgar Wright. You would know him from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, World's End banging ass movies not a big fan of baby driver but love basically everything else he's ever done scott pilgrim all that jazz last night in soho is fucking terrible dog shit movie bro so fucking bad and i'm sorry to say that because i love the cast i thought it was really pretty it's fucking awful and i don't think i'm alone in thinking that uh last duel oh wait i'm on things you shouldn't watch maybe don't watch venom 2 I had an absolute fucking blast watching it, but if you're not looking for a ridiculous on purpose movie that basically laughs in the face of anyone who takes it seriously, you're not going to enjoy it. Venom comes out as gay in the movie. It's basically all an allegory for him and for him being in a relationship with Tom Hardy and they're getting used to each other like an odd couple situation. It's delightful. It's really funny, but it's also really, really bad. So maybe don't watch it. Maybe do watch it. But know what you're getting into. It ain't Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, No Time to Die. I'm going to be the one who just flat out says it. I know we're supposed to act like those movies slap super hard. I thought it was so fucking boring, bro. It's like three hours long. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. There's 30 Bond movies. Why the fuck do I care? You know what I mean? And like, They keep being like, there's all these moments, because this is the last Daniel Craig one or whatever, and that's not like a spoiler or anything. That's very, like... Everybody knows that, but like there are moments in this movie, so many, because it's three hours long, so many moments where it's like the music swells up and there's this big reveal, but it's just some stupid shit from another Bond movie. I don't care. Unless the characters turn into the in the N64 polygons, nothing's gonna be like interesting to me with that. <laughs> so and it's just boring, bro. It's just so boring. But the opening has this really crazy moment where they have to jump down this hole. And so before they do it, they drop this ball down. And as the ball falls down, it spins around and spits magnets all over the walls. And they have uh, 
they have whatever magnets attract on their body and they jump down the fucking hole and it lets them fall normal. It's sick as fuck. I was like, yo, that's one of the sickest ideas I've ever seen in a movie. Still only gave it like two stars though. Cause the movie's boring. Okay. Okay. Uh, red notice with the rock Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Hey man, you know what you're getting into. I knew what I was getting into. I had a fucking great time. Love those movies. Yeah, no, we Keep were, I, I started watching it. I watched half of it and I thought it was really good. I fell asleep. I need to rewatch it. Everything was really it's fun a, in there. It's like a 90s movie. You know what I mean? It's just brainless. It's just an action movie, dude. I enjoy it. I love that The Rock ends up in the jungle no matter what movie he's in, bro. (laughs) There's no reason for them to go to the jungle in that movie, but there they go. Uh, And then the last one is a definitely watch, and you're going to need to watch it soon. It's on HBO Max. It's called 8-Bit Christmas. Oh, yeah. It is delightful bro i was in tears after it ended and i think everyone will be it gets you out of nowhere who uh 8-bit christmas who who did that uh fuck i don't know who man i got it pulled up right here though. let's see something that's uh, like known for his like uh he did a christmas movie already or something like that i can't remember what exactly what it was oh no i don't know this guy um he directed a couple movies i like he made the first goon and he made uh, "Take Me Home Tonight." But yeah, I thought I thought that he had something to do with another movie or whatever. But I don't I don't see it on here. But it's Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, it, so basically, it flat out is a remake of Christmas Story, period. And that's fine. But like it's so it's Christmas Story, but instead of the BB gun, it's a Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. And instead of parents saying you'll shoot your eye out, they think that video games make gonna kids. melt your brain. Yeah. Yeah, they think it makes kids like stupid or violent, and uh, so. <clears throat> Um, it basically works just like Christmas Story. Neil Patrick Harris narrates the story of him trying to get the Nintendo uh, as he's telling his daughter at Christmas in modern times. It's gotcha. so good, dude. It's so fucking good. And it's like, has no right to be. It's it's aping a movie that's so famous and it's flat out aping it with no qualms about it. You know, That's another thing it's, that you're doing now. Like that's, You've said aping a few times now. What is aping? Ripping off, ripping off. But you made, are you like, where are you learning these from? Inside baseball, <laughs> aping. It's like, what? I've never heard you say no. these things before. Gaping. Gaping. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that one's great. And then I also watched the Ridley Scott movie that just fucking came out, The Last Duel. That's another three-hour-long movie. And I can't even really say what the plot is because I'm not sure how YouTube feels about that. But it's a depressing fucking movie, but maybe worth a watch. But is it, content um, warning, it's all centered around a essay. So is it uh, like a bad thing that happens to somebody. Is Ridley Scott the director of it? Yeah, it's Ridley, Ridley Scott directs it. It's Jodie Comer, uh, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon. They look ridiculous. It's some of the worst makeup that I've seen for a movie like that. But the flip of it is that you forget that right away because the movie is probably his best movie of that kind since Gladiator. It's insanely watchable. Oh, yeah, that's right. Really, Scott did Gladiator. The, the plot's depressing as fuck. Well, that's super depressing. And it's called Essay? No, it's called The Last Duel. S.A. is a crime, an abbreviation for a crime that occurs in that movie that I don't, you can't say on YouTube. The whole movie centered around essay. a bad thing that happens to a woman. Essay. Yes, a bad thing that happens to a woman, Doug. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah that's bad. I think yeah. you're talking so about like it an takes place. Essay. It takes place in the it takes place in you know the medieval times, and it's about a dude who's married to this lady, and something bad happens to her. Okay, and so he challenges that dude to a duel to the death, and Sorry. it's told from three people's perspectives: the guy who committed the crime, the guy who wants to fight him, and then the truth 
of the girl who experienced it. So you go through the whole experience three times in three hours. It's heavy as fuck, but it's really good. You think Mick Jagger's ever said gaping before? Yeah. <laughs> I think they had to invent that word for stuff he was doing. <laughs> they were like, bro, what do we call it when this happens? I call it a, I call it a gape. The gaping. elephant truck. Dude, you know, uh, well, I'm happy we got to uh, talk a lot of crap about Rolling Stones, apparently, and old people. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, man. Fuck yeah. But uh, with that oh, said... Wait, 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 wait. One last music thing before we go. Sure. I think this is fascinating, and I was telling Caroline about it last night. It's just such a neat thing to me. So uh, I'm in, like, a love-hate relationship with Smashing Pumpkins right now because I just, like, think that the stuff that he's putting out is maybe not very good. Um, but like, you know, like I'm jazzed that he's still feeling it, you know, what yeah, I mean? for sure. Bum that we're getting. So he just did a sequel to melancholy and it's really not good. A sequel. Um, no, yeah. Oh, the sequel to my favorite album of all time, but it's just not very good. And yeah. there's like an anime to accompany it. And I'm just like, not really feeling it. But, okay. Um, but he did this great show the other day where he was just playing songs, acoustic and shit. And he played like his shit. Zwan, he played fucking Zwan. Like, who wanted to hear that? Probably nobody, but he played it. Um, <laughs> and he's talking in between, and he's like, you know, like one thing that everybody always fucking brings up is like, where did the name come from? You know, like why? That's such a stupid name, you know? And so he tells a story about how it came about, and it's fascinating. So when he was like 17, 18, he was going to these clubs and bars and shit and hanging out, trying to be cool. And he had no band. He had nothing like that. But when people would introduce himself, he would say, I'm Billy. I play in a band. And so the first time he did that, the guy said, what's your band called? And as a joke, he said, oh, the Smashing Pumpkins. And he liked that joke. So he kept using it anytime he introduced himself to people. He wanted to tell them about the person he wanted to be. But he, you know, obviously didn't expect that would happen. But like three years later, he said he would be walking down the street and people he had met would come up to him and go, hey, Billy. Hey, man, how's your band, the Smashing Pumpkins? And he was like, why the fuck do they remember this name? And he said at that moment, he knew that he had found something special just in the name alone that would likely carry the band if he was able to actually put it together. Damn, that's pretty that's interesting. fascinating. Just, just imagine like you're walking down the street and some dude comes up and references a lie you told like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it happens to you all the time. <laughs> Got him. Well, yeah. cool. Well, Thanks for listening to another episode of MC by Believe You. Please click here if you want to watch, uh, subscribe to our channel, I think. And yours is last week's episode. And yeah, go listen to us and stuff. And uh, we'll actually be back a lot now that we're back in uh, back in action. All right, later. See ya.